the Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter. No matter how you describe her, she's the most powerful consumer in the country. Cranberry Radio proudly presents her strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, chief storyteller at Styled Retail, as she chats with those in the know so that your business can grow. Now, please welcome our host of Purse Strings, Maria Retan. The following is an encore segment of Purse Strings. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, my guest today knows a lot about probably that reasonable luxury mom and a lot about moms because they've just unveiled a significant study looking at women's path to purchase. Rodney Mason's a group vice president of strategy and marketing at Blackhawk Engagement Solutions. Back in April of last year, they underwent two national studies where they asked women how they discover, filter, and shop today. What results is quite the picture of a connected, well-informed shopper ready to make a purchase at any time and likely at the lowest price they can find. The survey has some surprises in it. I think you may be surprised at some of the things that Rodney and his team found. You're definitely going to want to stick around and uh, hang out to find out the results of the survey after the break. Eleanor Beaton is the president and CEO of Impact and Influence for Women. It's a global training and development company that helps high-potential women reach the very top. Um, she's the host of Fierce Feminine Leadership, which is a top-ranked podcast for ambitious women in business. She's also one of eight global advisors to the Visiting Women's Executive Exchange Program at Yale School of Management. She's a go-to coach for highly accomplished executive and entrepreneurial women who are looking to dial up their impact results and she loves the process. So you're going to want to hear what Eleanor has to say about what's keeping us back from being our best selves and the steps that we need to take to really move from success to significance. Eleanor Beaton will be on the show when we return after the break. Her strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero, and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited. So contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. Add some Cranberry Radio podcast to your playlist as part of a better profit margin. Cranberry Radio. It's it's good for you. Really. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Retan. 
The following is an encore segment of Purse Strings. Welcome back to Purse Strings. My guest today is Eleanor Beaton. She's the president and CEO of Impact and Influence for Women. It's a global training and development company that helps high potential women reach the top. Eleanor has a background as an award-winning journalist, international speaker, coach, and expert in high performance um, for women. She's a go-to coach for highly accomplished executive and entrepreneurial women who are looking to dial up their impact results and loves the process. So I'm really excited to have Eleanor on today. She's the host of Fierce Feminine Leadership, which is a top-ranked podcast. So she's kind of uh, like-minded, I would say, since she's on my podcast today. Eleanor, welcome. Thank you so much, Maria. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I'm really thrilled to have you on. First, let's just dive in and talk a little bit about the work of Impact and Influence for Women and what motivated you to establish yourself as a leadership coach, especially focused on high-impact women specifically. So I started out, you know, earlier in my business doing leadership development training for men and women within organizations. And so, you know, we would bring together cohorts of senior managers and leaders within organizations, and I would take them through leadership development and communications training programs. And I started to notice differences between the men and the women in those programs. So when we started to have our roundtable discussions, what I would notice is that the women whom I knew to be very accomplished and talented leaders um, were not as vocal, were not weighing in to quite the same degree as their male counterparts were. Um, And what's more, what I found was that often if they had uh, questions, they would sometimes want to talk about it offline or they would come after class or if they had, you know, different different, um, types of opinions that maybe perhaps were a little bit controversial. So there was a lot of kind of working around the scenes. And what I know to be true is that, you know, if you are going to really make an impact, if you're going to really dial up your presence You've got to have confidence to be able to do that in the moment. And so I saw a need, you know, that these senior women had in that they needed to fulfill in order to really unlock those top levels of success. And um, what what I wanted to focus on was not broad-based leadership training because these women and men, you know, they were already getting it, but really kind of get very focused on influencing skills, on impact skills, because that's the area where I felt these women needed a little extra push to get where they wanted to be. Mm -hmm. So what are the fundamental building blocks that you focus on then, Eleanor, knowing that these women are are already extremely accomplished? Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of things. Number one, confidence. I think that's always, you know, women at all types of different levels. Men experience this too, but not to the same degree that women do, you know, experience so-called imposter syndrome. So, you know, we're always, always working on confidence, but also influence, presence, and very um, uh, highly sophisticated communication skills. So these are really the three core areas that I'm going to be working with, you know, um, when I'm working with women who are entrepreneurs really looking to grow their businesses, or I'm working with senior executives or emerging leaders within an organization who are looking to really dial up their results. It always comes down to influence, presence, confidence, and sophisticated communication skills. Mm -hmm. I would think that 
um, when it comes to communication, though, you're probably working with women who already do a fairly good job with communication. I mean, what do you think about that? I think the stereotype is, of course, that women are good communicators, but maybe you're finding something different. No, no, I think I, I completely agree. I think that we are good communicators. And so here's here's what I mean by that. You know, when you look at, for instance, Fortune magazine just re- released its uh, most powerful women in business. So when you start looking at women who are really hitting those top levels, and despite the fact that we make up more than half the workforce, despite the fact that, you know, women have more than half the degrees, the undergraduate degrees in this country, um, when you start to look at those very upper levels of success, you know, just 4% of, of the CEOs of the Fortune 500 companies are women. There are more CEOs named John than there are women <laughs> on that <laughs> list. Um, you know, just 2% of women-owned businesses uh, crack the seven-figure mark. This despite the fact that women are starting businesses faster than ever before. So, you know, in the United States, there are 1,100 net new women-owned businesses open their doors each and every day. And that has really been the trend for the last, since the recession. When you look at that same time period, um, you know, our total share of revenue creation hasn't changed. So that means that we are getting traction, but not at those very top levels, whether we're looking at women entrepreneurs or whether we're looking at women in senior roles. And so, you know, at that very top level, in order to take your seat at the table where the big deals and the big decisions get made, what's required are very nuanced, sophisticated communication skills, very often that are going to enable you to deal effectively with gender bias. Unconscious gender bias truly is still one of the biggest strangleholds on a woman's um, career or business development. You know, if you think about women entrepreneurs who are really trying to access capital to grow their businesses, um, unconscious gender bias can prevent them from building the relationships with venture capitalists and other types of people who are going to have the business, the, the cash to help them grow their businesses. Same thing for women who are looking to get into the C-suite and large organizations. So that's the kind of communication skills that I'm talking about. Got it. Thank you so much for clarifying that. So, you know, you as you mentioned, you are working with very successful women, women that are running billion-dollar companies, CEOs, advisors to presidents and prime ministers. Do you find that they have something in common, though, when they come to you initially? Yeah, are they all so different. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are, you know, and that's that's part of the that's part of the the joy and the pleasure. And so they would constitute, you know, one um, one segment of the customers and clients that we serve. And at that level, I would say what those women are looking to do is really to move from a place of success to a place of significance. And you know, I think about often, you know, our careers. It's kind of like learn, earn, return. So, you know, the beginning of our lives and careers, we're, we're investing in, and spending the, the, the biggest, the lion's share of our time learning, you know, then we move into a place where, where the, it's all about earning. And then we move into a place where we're, le- we're still learning, we're still earning, but now the focus begins to shift. And that shift is really all about returning. So I would say that the women at these sort of upper echelon levels, they are looking to take the success that they have created already and make it mean something profound. So Mm -hmm. typically they are thinking, what is the thread that kind of ties my body of work together? How can I define myself and my brand outside this very high impact role? 
so that when I leave this organization and go do something else, I'm known for something. What are, um, how can I, I have developed so much experience and learning and insight. How can I take that and weave it into a talk or a book or something that I'm going to be able to teach others what I have, you know, learned over the course of, you know, what's typically a pretty brilliant career. So I would mm-hmm. say that's a big thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, and I, I do feel like as we get older, we are looking to leave a legacy, you know, that is so important. And so that really resonates with me that to move from success to significance, you do private coaching, you also do workshops, you do small groups. Do you feel like you can achieve many of the same goals through each of those avenues? Or do you have a recommendation on which ones people should uh, work with you on based on what they're looking to accomplish? So, you know, that's such a great question. I think that every woman um, should should be working with or have experience working one-to-one with a private coach at some point. Because, um, you know, even when you look at the fundamentals of adult education, you know, um, I think it's, it's really critical that what we're learning is very relevant to us personally. So I think that the, the most powerful way to do that is through a one-to-one coaching relationship. Um, however, I also think that one of the biggest success factors for people, especially when they're looking to make some form of a change, is the existence of a supportive community. So to answer your question, I think the most brilliant results are accomplished through a mix of group coaching or training where you have the ability to um, form relationships with people who are learning the same types of stuff that you're learning, but are also bearing witness to the woman that you're becoming. You know, I think that's really critical to hold that door of possibility open for you, you know, and we need a community to do that. So that's sort of the first part. But also that you have, you know, personalized one-to-one feedback from somebody who has a vested interest in your success. And I think that, so I think, you know, really for most high-performing women, they're going to want, they're going to want a mix of both. Fantastic. And I do want to let everyone know you can learn all about Eleanor Beaton and how to contact her, work with her, all that good stuff on her website, Eleanor Beaton, B-E-A-T-O-N.com. Eleanor, thank you so much for being on the show today. And I want to also let everybody know they can listen to your podcast as well um, and just uh, find that on your website also. Everyone stick around. More Purse Strings returns after the break. Her strings. We'll be right back after a word from our advertisers. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. 
Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. More refreshing talk radio on air and on demand 24-7. Only on Cranberry Radio. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Retan. The following is an encore segment of Purse Strings. Welcome back to Purse Strings. My guest today is Rodney Mason, Group Vice President, Strategy and Marketing of Blackhawk Engagement Solutions. And Rodney's on the show today to talk about two recent national studies in which they ask women how they discover, filter, and shop today. We know that mobile has played a really big role in how she buys. What did your survey uncover about the use of mobile? Yeah, well... Mobile has exploded, and particularly with women, penetration now, 71% of women use their smartphone daily. It's the number one way they access the internet. It's also the number one way that they shop online, and the vast majority of women all pre-shop before they ever walk in a store. So mobile has literally changed the way that women shop, and the number keeps growing. So we expect, we've got another study out right now, and we expect those numbers to be up even more. But right now, uh, penetration's at 71%. Yeah, it's really, really significant. And I know I was looking across kind of day parts. It looks like she may be shopping at work as well. She does shop at work a lot. Those that admit doing it, it's at about 40%. And that's the second highest period. So again, having that phone on them, they can quickly access and do shopping. The shopping online with your phone doesn't mean that you're always buying. That means that you're doing your research. And what the smartphone has really done has made women much savvier shoppers. We've always known that mobile was huge. In fact, it's the number one way women shop. And when we talk about shop, we don't necessarily mean buy. We also mean research. And we also have learned that women spend a ton of time researching before ever stepping foot into a store. Of course, Amazon continues to be huge here, as Rodney shared with us. The number one place that women go to comparison shop, which they're willing to do while they're standing right there in your aisle if you're a retailer, and you know that to be true. Oftentimes, she's looking for that best price. Uh, She's also looking for quality. Those two things are the biggest factors impacting her purchase decision, as we've learned through this survey, which leads me, Rodney, to the big question. You know, ever since the recession, price has become even bigger than brand, and yet brand is synonymous oftentimes with value. How can companies, how can brands kind of elevate themselves out of this commoditization around price? It feels like a never-winning kind of proposition to always be based on price because you're going to lose more often than you probably aren't, especially because of the Amazon factor. So talk a little bit about this challenge of price and quality with brands. Yeah. So, you know, if you just lower your prices across the board, you really are um, 
going to dig yourself in a hole. Price is important, but there is a quality equation that women shoppers go through. So if they find a red sweater that they like, they know the material that it's made out of, they can quickly match that. And that's one of the things that Amazon does. They can find a similar brand made in the same way for a better price. So that's really where you get into that price quality equation. What a lot of retailers are starting to do and be successful with, and, and this is just, isn't just from our study, it's, it's been out there. There are tools in the market that are helping retailers have best in market prices. There's price match programs. There's BOPUS, buy online, pick up in store, that delivers on convenience and saves the customer even more money. There's special services and delivery that adds that greater value. There's even rebates. So in the old days, you know, rebates were a form that you filled out and you mailed in and you might get paid six weeks later and kind of had a bad reputation. That's not where rebates are today. In fact, rebates or post-purchase incentives are one of the big ways that retailers are being much more competitive in market with price. And the way they're able to do that is to say, okay, we have the very best price. We have a better than Amazon price. And we're able to do it because we've got it through our loyalty program or through a special rebate program. And Mr. Customer, you can buy this product and you can save and it's real easy and you click. And not everybody does that. And through the breakage, they're able to give a better price to the customer. But more importantly, they're getting more sophisticated with products like that. So tying it into loyalty, they can look at a customer and say, oh, this customer typically buys 50 to $60 worth of items from us during the holiday season. Let's give them an incentive. And the incentive might be spend $120 with us this holiday season. We're going to give you $25 back. And there's a validation process, much like a rebate, very simple and easy to use. That bundling and getting people to buy more and see greater value, not only on that single item they're coming in for, but spending across the store makes them stickier and they will buy more from you. So, you know, kind of a, a long answer there for you, but through value-added services and incentives, there are retailers who are breaking through and not just discounting their product, but they're finding creative ways to get a better price quality equation. Mm-hmm. No, I, great answer, because I think that what we're finding from sophisticated marketers is that absolutely. And I'm not only a marketing to women person, but I'm also a consumer. And I see these all the time. They come to my inbox all the time and they are harder to say no to because you do feel like you're getting something of value, especially if it's a brand that you're going to shop anyway. And it becomes an incentive to shop now. I think that's the other thing, don't you, Rodney, that it becomes an incentive to shop now, which as opposed to putting off that purchase decision. Yeah, and that's a great point, and that's come up in a lot of our studies, that path to purchase has been condensed. So when women shop, you know, in the old days for the holiday season, they might shop for six weeks. Well, now they take a, a particular individual in a particular category that they want to shop for, and they do that in two to three days because they have so much information, and they're able to, you know, get to market quickly. So you have to interrupt them before they make that purchase. And those kinds of incentives, like you were just saying, buy today with a sense of urgency in this exclusive deal right now and and, and save more when you buy more, those are all imperative and important because of the sensitivity of time of, um, you know, how much time the shopper is actually taking to shop. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now let's talk about how they pay for things. You alluded a little bit earlier to gift cards and maybe prepaid cards. Those tend to be pretty big winners, it looks like. There's a definite preference for plastic over electronic. Are we just old-fashioned when it comes to wanting to pay with plastic? No. So, you know, if you're talking about prepaid cards or gift cards, there is a preference for plastic Electronic is growing significantly, and the majority of people are comfortable, and the majority of women are comfortable using electronic gift cards, but the higher the denomination, the more they want it to be plastic. It's like holding cash in your hand, Mm -hmm. and we've done some kind of, after we've done our studies, we've kind of gone back and done some qualitative inquiries and said, hey, why is that? And people feel like sometimes those electronic rewards or those electronic gift cards get in their mailbox and they forget about it and they expire or they lose them versus the plastic. They've got it in a drawer or in their hand or their wallet and they don't forget to spend it. So really it's, it's more tied to that. As it relates to post-purchase incentives, let's say a rebate, reward preference is always to get that open loop prepaid card that you can spend anywhere versus a gift card to the store they just bought from. Now we help retailers with that we have a patented process called Click Choice, where the consumer can choose either the retailer's gift card or the prepaid open loop. Mm-hmm. And usually the retailer will put a few extra dollars in their gift card to get the customer to choose that, and they're happy to take it. But that prepaid card where they can spend it anywhere draws in a larger audience. So you'll see a lot of rebates and post-purchase incentives that will offer that prepaid card that can be spent anywhere over the retailer's gift card because it attracts a larger audience. Mm -hmm. I totally understand that. It provides her the maximum of flexibility, which at the end of the day is is what every consumer wants, is flexibility, ease of use. I could talk to you for a very long time, Rodney, but we are running out of time. So I'm going to give you one more question. And you've covered a lot of this already, but if you could just double down on just a few quick tips. What are the best channels that marketers should be using to communicate with her at the end of the day based on your insights? Yeah, well, surprisingly, email is huge. And, you know, a lot of people feel like email is is old and outdated, but actually it's the number one way that women want to be communicated with in their loyalty programs and other things. That's because they can access it on their phone. Also, social media, I can't stress enough how important and how behind the industry is and the uh, social sphere and really creating that relationship with the customer and giving them what they want. They want better prices. They want you know, better quality and opportunities to buy. So I'd say those are the two big ones. Texting, I would say is from what I've seen in the studies is probably the most annoying way that you can reach out to people. They will (laughs) sign up for it and then they get inundated with too many messages on texting. So I wouldn't go down that path. So really the two big ones are email and social. And then making sure that you are relevant on Google and that you do have best prices in market and you're relevant in social. Mm-hmm. Good, good, good words of advice. Rodney, thank you so much for being on the show today. And I want to drive everyone to your website. Blackhawk Engagement Solutions is the name of the company. It's bhengagement.com. Check them out. As Rodney mentioned, they do a lot of work in the space, especially around loyalty programs. And Rodney, thank you so much for being on the show today. Great. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And thanks to my producer, George, and join me right here next week for another edition of First Strings, 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, make it a great one.
The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 